is coming up now on Established in the Faith. David and Jonathan, they made this covenant because David did not have the proper clothes to come before the king. And I got news for you. Mankind does not have the proper clothes to come before an almighty God. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 1 Samuel. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. 1 Samuel 18 and verse 1, and the Bible says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul, and Saul took him that day, and would let him go no more home to his father. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant, because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching just a few minutes. The covenant between David and Jonathan. The covenant between David and and Jonathan. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for the great gift of salvation of which you have given unto us. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that I have. Lord, I pray today that this opportunity not be wasted. But, Lord, that you will anoint every word that is said. May a need be met here today. May hearts and lives be changed and drawn closer to you in some way. Anoint your people today to hear and receive of your word. Lord, take charge of this service today. And, Lord, we are careful to give you praise and glory for all that you have done and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. There are those in Christianity today who want to take this passage of which I have just read to you, and they want to take it and use it and say that David and Jonathan had a homosexual relationship. Now, I want you to think about what I've just said. I'm not talking about some kook out here. I'm talking about, in Christianity, people who stand behind the pulpit and will use this passage as an example of homosexuality, that David and Jonathan had a homosexual relationship. That is blasphemy. 
These are people that do not know their Bible. Because the covenant between David and Jonathan is the nearest thing like the new covenant found anywhere in the Old Testament. It is a foreshadow of the New Testament. I remind you, and you can look at it right up here on this screen. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Paul is not speaking to the world out here. He's speaking to the church in the latter days. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. That right there is a description of much of the church today having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. There are people in the church today who deny the power of the Holy Spirit to work within their hearts and lives and to make them into what they ought to be which is a person who is Christ-like. You are to be conformed into the image of Christ and not being conformed into the image and likeness of the world. Come out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will receive you. Churches today having a debate over whether they should hire the preacher or not because he's going to have a homosexual wedding in the church. That's where we are today. It's the fulfillment of this Bible that I hold in my hands. That's where we are, folks. All right, let me set the stage for you a little bit. When David killed Goliath, word of this great victory spread like the proverbial wildfire. David was on the lips of everyone. It's all over Facebook. Of David's great victory. And David walks into the court of the king with the head of Goliath in his hand. Glory to God. That right there is a picture of what Jesus Christ would do a thousand years later when he come up out of that grave. He had the head of Satan in his hand. If you'll turn that situation that you're going through, if you will turn it over to God, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will take the head of that giant that is taunting you, and He'll cut it off because He's already cut it off when He died on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Oh, glory to God, you do not have to fight your giant. Jesus Christ has already fought him for you. You just got to fight a good fight of faith. David standing there before Saul with that head in his hand. And Saul 
made arrangements with Jesse, David's father. And David was moved to the position of servant to the king. He would go out with the other men of war at times and would later be moved up to the position of captain. But we have a little problem here. David came from a poor family. In the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, Saul had rejected the word of God. He turned his back on God and God told Samuel, Why sit you here mourning? Take the horn of oil, and go to Bethlehem. For I have provided me a king from among his sons, Jesse. And Samuel goes into Bethlehem, and the good city fathers run up with him. And what are you, what are you here for? He said, I've come on a peaceable mission. I've come to offer up sacrifice. Where's Jesse at? Get, get Jesse. All y'all come to the sacrifice. And Jesse gets there and he's got all his sons there but David. David's out there tending to the sheep. And all of the sons of Jesse come before Samuel. And God said, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not. You're looking on the outward appearance. I look upon the heart. And Samuel said to Jesse, well... Is this all your sons? No, I got one more. He's out there tending the sheep. My point is this. Had the family been wealthy, they would have had a servant out tending the sheep instead of David. And Samuel said, run and get him. We can't sit down until I've seen him. And David comes to Samuel and God said, that's the one. Anoint him. And Samuel anointed David that day, poured that big horn of oil over his head, and it runs down his shepherd's garment and puddles at his feet. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon David from that day forward. And then one day, Jesse sends David out to check on his brothers. And while he's out there talking to his brothers, here comes the giant. You all know the story. We talked about that last week. David slew Goliath with that shepherd's garment on, and now he stands before Saul. David goes from the position of peasant shepherd boy to the position of servant to the king. You do not go before the king in just any old fashion. You don't go before the president of the United States in any old fashion. I got called to do jury duty some time ago. This young man come in, had his jeans all down around his knees and t-shirt and hair fixed all crazy. And the judge said, boy, get out of here and get you some decent clothes on. Don't you ever come back in my courtroom looking in such a fashion. There is a way that you are to present yourself before a judge. There is a way that you are to present yourself before the president. Believe me, friend, there is a way that you need to present yourself before the king. 
Let me say this too. There's a way that you need to present yourself before God when you come to church. Young lady, if you're wearing something that's a little bit too short, the Holy Ghost is going to deal with you about it. Come as you are. But when you come to Jesus, you will not leave the way you came in Jesus' name. He will change your heart. He will change your life. And if you'll let the Holy Ghost have His way, you'll come to church dressed like you're supposed to be dressed. Because you're coming into the presence of someone who owns everything. Who created everything. Oh, but you can come in here today with a three-piece suit and still not be as you ought to be in the presence of God. Because your heart is not right with God. So this covenant between David and Jonathan was based on having the proper attire to be servant to the king. All it was, was David didn't have the proper clothing, the proper attire to be servant to the king. And Jonathan said, I'm going to let you use my wardrobe. And Jonathan and David, they became like brothers. Started two years earlier when Saul lost his mind. The Bible says a demon spirit came upon Saul. And they said, find somebody who can play music. Find somebody who can play well and and bring him in. And perhaps it'll drive the demon spirit away. And they were right. And David, just being anointed with the Holy Spirit, went in there with his heart. And started singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And that demon spirit that was upon Saul, he couldn't stand all that Holy Ghost power. He had to get out of there. And Saul would get in his right mind when the right kind of music was playing. Let me tell you this today, folks. You ought to try it sometime. When that demon spirit of depression comes upon you... Get, get you some Holy Ghost music in your home and listen to it and start praising God and you'll find that that depression will leave you. Teach your kids about the Holy Spirit of God and how He can move and work and change their lives. Show them what is in this Bible that I hold in my hand. If you don't show it to them in the home, then the preacher's going to have to show it to them in prison. David and Jonathan, they became like brothers. They made a covenant. Back in those days, the covenant went something like this. They would take a bullock or a sheep or an oxen of some nature, an animal of some kind, and they would kill it, split it right down the middle. Lay half of the animal over here and the other half over there. And the two people would walk between the two pieces of that animal and they would recite the covenant. Their particular portion and part of the covenant. I, Jonathan, will do this. And I, David, will do this. And if they fail to do their part in the covenant, a covenant incidentally that involved blood, If I fail to do my part in this covenant, may I be torn asunder as this animal. David and Jonathan, they made this covenant because David 
did not have the proper clothes to come before the king. And I got news for you. Mankind does not have the proper clothes to come before an almighty God. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that when they partook of the forbidden fruit, they saw that they were naked before God. And I'm here to tell you today that all of mankind stands before God naked. There is nothing hidden that he does not see. He knows the very thoughts of your mind. He sees our thoughts from afar off. God sees everything. He knows everything. And one day, every single one of us will be ushered in before the King of kings and the Lord of lords will be ushered in to stand before God Almighty. And what will you be wearing? Will you stand before Him naked? Oh, well, Brother James, I helped a little old lady cross the street. Well, Brother James, I joined the Baptist church. I got baptized, Brother James. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. Is that what you're trusting in? Brother James, I sing in the choir. Brother James, my great-great-grandpappy built that church. It don't make no difference what your great-great-grandpappy did. What did you do? Did you get on your face before God and ask God to forgive you of your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's the only thing that's going to matter. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Has the blood of Jesus Christ been applied to the doorpost of your heart? Are you going to be wearing that garment of righteousness? That robe of righteousness bought and paid for through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. The, the, the garment was paid for when the covenant was cut at Calvary's cross. Are you wearing that garment of righteousness that God has provided? Or will you stand before Him one day naked with filthy rags? Jesus told the parable, Dana, if you will, pull it up. Matthew 22, verse 2. Jesus told the parable of the marriage feast. Matthew 22, verse 2. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, that is God the Father, which made a marriage for his Son, that is Jesus Christ, and sent his servants, that's the Old Testament prophets, to call them that were bidden, speaking of Israel, to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, that's the disciples and the New Testament apostles, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. Come to the marriage. Had Israel accepted Jesus Christ as their Messiah, the millennium could have started right then. But because they rejected Jesus Christ, it has subjected this world to an additional 2,000 years of sin 
and killing and hate. Verse 5. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. This speaks of the persecution of the early church. But the king heard thereof. He was wroth. That's God the Father. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. That speaks of the Roman army. It came through and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Then said he to the servants, that's the New Testament church, The wedding is ready, but they which are bidden are not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. Jesus told the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 10, So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Notice this, verse 11. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. In those days, the wedding garment was provided by the king. Jesus Christ has provided the attire that we are to wear when we stand before Him one day. Have you accepted it by faith? Are you wearing it? And He said to him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And He was speechless. At the great white throne judgment. Many will stand before God and their whole lives will be flashed before them and they will be without excuse and they will not be able to say anything because it's all right there. Verse 13, Then the king said to the servants, speaking of the angels, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness that shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's eternal hell. Death, eternal separation from God. For many are called, but few are chosen. The whole human race has been called, but few have chosen to accept the great invitation of God. Jesus Christ paid the price for us to have the proper attire to come before the presence of God. Are you wearing it? Are you trusting in that? Or are you trusting in something else? 1 Samuel 18 verse 4, the Bible says that Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ stripped himself of his deity to become a human being. Left his throne on high. Once walked on streets of gold to come down here and walk on dirt for you and I. When he left the portals of glory, he said, God the Father, look at me. When you're looking at me now, when I come back, I will not look this way ever again. 
He bears those scars in his hands and in his feet and in his side. Or the price that he paid for our redemption. Look at me now, God the Father, for I will never be this way again the next time you see me. I'll be bearing these scars. Jesus Christ gave us his all. And in that covenant between David and Jonathan, what one had was given to the other and what the other one had was given to the other. Jesus Christ gave us his righteousness and we gave him our filthy rags. Oh, I sure got the best of the trade on that one, buddy. Glory to God. And you got the best of the trade the day that you accepted Christ. He took our sin and gave us his righteousness. One other point I want to make, and we'll close. The covenant was not just between David and Jonathan. It was extended to the children. And the new covenant today, although it was cut at Calvary 2,000 years ago, it extends to every single one of us today. And next week I want to deal with how this covenant affected one of Jonathan's children. We're going to look at that next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- 299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601. Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.